0: Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. So you you want to be happy, but we're not talking about this type of happiness where you, uh, again, you're on the Prozac drip, and you, as long as that's on, you're happy. Or we're not talking about as long as you get your way, you're happy. We're talking about deep Lasting satisfaction joy and contentment we're talking about something so much deeper than that and jesus gives us the blueprint In the sermon on the mount jesus opens with a poem on happiness and he says some of the most counterintuitive Some of the most countercultural things at first glance. They sound bizarre But it is the blueprint for how you find that real legitimate happiness and this is how the poem goes blessed are the poor in spirit Literally, that phrase means blessed are those who humbly depend on God, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We talked about that last week, that you would never think, hey, you'll be happy if you learn how to cry. You know, you'll be happy if you learn how to grieve. And so clearly what Jesus was talking about this in this happiness poem was not this, you're going to just be smiling all the time. No, no, no. Sometimes the right thing to do is to grieve and to mourn. And if you know how to do that well, You'll be happy if you do. Here's another one. Blessed are the meek, self-control, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And then lastly, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But if you could go back to verse number eight, this is what we will land on today. This one key ingredient here, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Would you bow your heads with me this morning and let's pray as we begin. God, maybe there's something in my heart that's not pure. And today, God, would you maybe reveal that and draw that out? God, would you help me to align my heart with yours so that I could see you and experience you, God? Today, I might be challenged, but God, let me rise to that challenge. Let me hear your voice. Let me walk this out, God. Let me get closer and closer to you today, Lord. That is my prayer in Jesus' name. And we all said... Amen. So it says, if you could put that verse back up there, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. This idea of pure in heart is kind of a theme that you'll see laced throughout the scriptures, but they use different words. So sometimes they'll use the word blameless. Blameless. Sometimes they'll use the word upright. So many times, uh, again, when the Hebrew Hebrew language, they used word images, right? So they would never say that you're proud. They just say you're (laughs) stiff-necked, right? And so, but but when it comes to being pure in heart, like, no, you're upright. Another word that's used repeatedly in scripture is the word integrity. And that's probably the word that you and I would use today is blessed are those who are pure in heart, who have an integrous heart and so again what is this idea called integrity there's three things I, if you're taking notes that i'd like you to write down number one is this if you have integrity you have this idea of wholeness like the root word for integrity is integer right and if you know what math it's math stuff it's not fun i had to redo this like i had to because i homeschooled my kids i had to do this twice you got to do it once as a kid and then once again as a parent as you walk your kids through math. But it just means a whole number, right? An integer is a whole number. It's not a divided number. It's a whole number. And so there's something that's not, your life is not compartmentalized. It's not fractured and fragmented and broken up. You don't have, there's not like, hey, there's work Todd and then there's vacation Todd. You know, there's, there's church Todd and then there's Friday night Todd. You know what I mean? There's not, there's not all these different tots. There's just one Todd. And and hopefully that is the same person, no matter who you're with, no matter what you're around, no matter what your circumstances are, you are a consistent and whole person. Here's another idea of integrity. It's just authenticity. Like, no, you're just authentic. You are who you say you are. Like, I'm I'm getting what you're presenting. Like, what, what you put out there is exactly who you are. You're not trying to be fake or be phony or any of those things. You are the real deal. Here's another one. You have unmixed motivation. Have you ever noticed some people do the right thing for the wrong reasons? It's unmixed motivation. The the, the motivation of your heart is impure. Sometimes you are doing things and saying why you're doing them, but the real motivation behind them is is different. There is something impure or wrong. As a matter of fact, here's, here's where we would get this idea from. In Greek culture, you know, back with Aristotle and Socrates and these different guys, they would write plays. These famous plays like the Odyssey and the Iliad and all these, to the Homer, all these things. And what they would do is they would act out these incredible plays in Greek culture. And they had a certain type of actor who would come out and would play a certain character. And he would come out and he would have the mask on. And then immediately he would go behind the drapes, put on a different mask, and then come back out and be a new character. And he might play two and three and four different roles throughout the course of one play. And they had a Greek word for it. It was Hypocrite, which is where we would get the word hypocrite. Yeah, it just means you have two faces. There's more than one of you. I don't know who I'm getting. Sometimes I get this. Sometimes I get that. Sometimes I can't tell because their well, their life is just too fragmented. They lack integrity. And listen to what the scripture says about integrity. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven twenty. It says that the Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but He delights in those. With integrity. And so what Jesus is saying here in this poem, this brilliant poem on happiness, he's saying, look, if you live a life that lacks integrity, you will consistently find brokenness around you. A brokenness between you and God and then a brokenness in your relationship and you'll have this fragmented life and it's going to bring more hurt and heartache. You'll actually be happier if you walk with integrity. Now let's, let's again, let's take a look at what that might actually look like. Here's, here's the motivation behind it. The real motivation behind integrity, and I think one of the reasons why it makes you happy is this, is that personal confidence. Like when you have a life of integrity, you just walk around confidently. I'll, I'll give you an example. When I was a teenager and I had no integrity, and I did things that were um, highly questionable by law enforcement. You walked... Yeah, you walked around or drove around, and you every time you saw a cop you 're like man five oh five oh put that down and so you would you would live a life being like why? Because you were into something bad. You were up to something wrong. You know, I lived a life with this. My parents, like, don't let mom and dad find out. Don't get caught by the teacher. Don't get in trouble. with. Why? Because you're always doing something dumb. You're always doing something foolish. You're always doing something wrong. I lacked integrity, the ability to do the right thing, as God defines right, simply because it's right. And because of that, you, you live a life of fear. And I remember, this was a very distinct moment that stood out to me. I became a Christ follower in the summer of 1996, And when I became a Christ follower, I had this incredible conviction about just living righteously and doing the right thing. And I remember the first times that I would be driving down the road and I would see a police officer. I didn't have this fear or worry. I actually kind of stuck my chest out. I'm like, oh, yeah, you ain't got nothing on me now, dog. You know what I'm saying? And I found that to be so strange. Like, why did you why did you feel that way? Why did you feel like, because for years I'd lived in fear of getting caught by the police. And so now I, I have no fear. I am walking, listen to what the scripture says. He who walks in integrity walks what? Securely. Like you're all good. You're not actually breaking the law now, Todd. You're going to be all right. You're safe. You're secure. But whoever takes crooked paths will be found out out and so again there's a certain level of just confidence and mine's kind of humorous but i think that's across the board even if you didn't live a life of foolishness i think that whenever you are doing the right thing as god has defined right and you're staying true to that you just walk with a sense of confidence no no i know i'm doing the right thing it's okay if people disagree with me it's okay if people don't like me i'm confident because i know i'm walking with god and doing the right thing and the opposite again is true That when you are not doing the right thing, when you are not living an integrous life, your life ends up vulnerable. It's not safe. And you know this to be true if you examine the other people's lives around you. Don't look at your own for now. Just think about other people. Because you'll notice this, like, sometimes you try to build a great life, and then because you have these cracks in your character, all of a sudden you get in trouble financially about something. You get in trouble in your marriage. You can get trouble in your work life. You, It's it's almost like, you ever if you know anything about the Great Wall of China, the Great Wall of China is 25 feet tall. It's 30 feet wide at its base. It's like 4,000 miles long. And for a century, it was the greatest defense mechanism any country had ever built. Nobody ever got over that wall but they got through that wall. Nobody ever conquered the wall. What people did was is that they found guards and could bribe them and get through the wall. And three different times that wall was invaded and overcome because of bribery, because they found somebody that lacked integrity. Many times that's our life. We wanna build this great life, but we have these little cracks in our character. We have these little parts of our life that are fragmented where we say that we're this or we put on this face, but when no one's looking, and that's who you really are. You really are who you are when no one's looking. What could you get away with? What could you get caught with? I remember being a young man, again, before I met Jesus. And I remember I was, um, funny enough, I was with my youth pastor. It had no bearing on my actions here. But I was with my youth pastor, and we were at a football game. And I gave the cashier money for my ticket, but they gave me back the wrong change. And they gave me back more money than I was supposed to get. And as a young person, I thought, Awesome look at what the Lord has done. You know, I was just like, oh, praise the Lord. Look at this money I just got. And my youth pastor was like, what are you doing, man? You can't do that. You gotta give that back. And I think he fought me and eventually won. But he made, and I didn't wanna give it back. Why? Because it was mine. Again, fast forward years, all of a sudden I'm walking with Christ. I'll tell you where your character's really questioned, where your integrity is really questioned. It's when you bump somebody in a parking lot and you're like, no one's around. There's no cameras. They'll never know it was me. And then you've got to determine whether you're going to leave that note with your inform- and your real information, right? Not like you fake named them because your wife was in the car. Like, I'm going to go leave a note. And you're like, yeah, my name's, you know, Rich Devilia, You know, here, here's my name. And you just lie about who you are. You fake name people. This happened to me. though. I was in a parking garage and this, this, this jerk of a person parked in the wrong spot. They weren't supposed to park there. There was an empty spot behind mine that I always used to back straight and then pull out. And some jerk had parked in there, and he didn't belong there. He wasn't supposed to be there. But I hit his car, and I knocked out his taillight. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And you know it's the hassle. you got to call insurance. you got to pay money. you got to deductible, a you deductible, know, all this stuff. And I remember my, And I remember the Lord spoke to me in the clearest way right to my conscience. Hey, how much is your integrity worth? That's And I did. I went went and wrote a note. I didn't want to, but I did it. I went and wrote a note. So that's what integrity is. Integrity is who you are when no one's looking, when you wouldn't be found out, when you wouldn't get caught. Will you do the right thing simply because it's the right thing? Will you maintain your integrity? And so anyway, number two is this. Not only does walking with integrity give you confidence, it gives you a lasting legacy. Um, As a pastor, I do funerals and... um, you know, we talked about mourning last week, but you know, one of the weird parts about doing funerals is sometimes you have to do funerals for people that weren't very, uh, good or kind or integrous. And it, it's, it's one of those things where you end up feeling like everybody's lying a little bit here. Everybody's trying to stretch the truth about how great Bob really was. And, and, you know, here's what I want you to consider. One day somebody will get up on your behalf and speak for you. What do you want them to say? Do you want them to have to really stretch and struggle to say something great? Because here's the deal. People that walk with integrity have an incredible legacy. Listen to this. Proverbs 27 says this. It says, the godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. Again, this idea of blessed are their children. It's it's just saying the legacy that follows you. But yes, even your kids. So you got to remember this too. Parents, listen, 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 listen. One day your your kids are going to be in a counseling session. And they're going to tell a story. <laughs> you know, what, what story do you want them to tell? As they're dishing out all that they've been through and experienced in life or why they are where they are in life, that counselor is going to ask about their parents. And again, you ask yourself, what do I want my kids to say about me? What do I want people to say about me? At my funeral, as a matter of fact, this this idea of legacy can be so powerful because if you've ever been to the funeral of a great man or a great woman of God, you hear these incredible stories of their kindness, of their virtue, of their of their excellence, of their character, whatever it is, and it is inspiring. But sometimes the lasting legacy can have detrimental effects. There's a story. This is back in the early 1800s of of a Jewish family living in Germany, and they used to go to synagogue and they were faithful and and consistent and But then they moved, and when they moved to this new town, they did not have a synagogue in this new town. And so the 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 father took his family and said, hey, there's only one church in town. It's a Lutheran church, and we're going there now. And the little boy was like, well, why would we do that? We're Jewish, and we've always gone to the synagogue. And he said, well, son, it would be better for business. Well, son, it would be better for business. And so what he saw in his dad was this duplicity, this fragment. that, that That's not what he actually believed, that he had unmixed or he had mixed motivation. And, it was, and so, you know, funny enough, this kid actually pushed away from God, pushed away from religion, and went on to, to come up with a government system that alienated people from God. That was Karl Marx and his family, who was the designer of communism. All because the father decided, no, 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 I don't have integrity. I'm just going to do what's good for business. And so just be aware that, that people that walk with integrity, they have a great lasting legacy. And then thirdly, there's just a reward. There's a, a divine blessing and an eternal reward for what you do. The Bible's very, very clear. We're going to show this in just a few minutes here. That when you walk with integrity, God just blesses you in this life and in the life to come. That when you show that consistency of moral character, and let me be careful here, real quick here, integrity is not perfection. If integrity were perfection, none of us could achieve it. That's not what we're talking about here. Integrity is is not sinless, right? or or again, none of us would achieve it. It's it's just being incredibly consistent. It's having a purity of heart and having a trajectory that has a purity of heart, not necessarily that you're always perfect. And so again, you will have reward in heaven. Now watch this. David says it so brilliantly. Check this scripture out. As a matter of fact, if you wanna read scripture this week and meditate on something, write down these verses and go read this every morning for a few days. This is the way David describes integrity. This is Psalms chapter 15, verse one. Listen, it says, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent, who may live in your holy mountain? It's the one who walks, whose walk is blameless. Again, that idea of integrity or purity of heart. He does what is righteous. Now, listen to this. There's about 10 things here that he describes to the blameless and the upright person. This is brilliant. They're one who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, Who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others. Who despises a vile or rejects a vile person, but honors those who fear the Lord. Who keeps an oath even when it hurts. Man, underline that man if you're taking notes. Keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind. Who lends money to the poor without interest. Who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. That's incredible. I could have got up and just read that scripture, said amen, and we could have walked out of here today. If we could live on this, pray on this, meditate on this, that is absolutely brilliant. And he says, when you live life like this, you live a life that is not shaken. You're confident. You just know, hey, this is this is what is right as God is defined, right? It just is what it is. And if you don't like me or if I'm not accepted or if it costs me something, that's okay. I'm confident. I'm safe. I know that God has got my back. I know that I'm doing the right thing and God is with me. I'm aware that this type of life, again, will not be shaken. It will be a lasting legacy that I leave behind. So here we go. Here are a few different ways that I want you to consider. Six different things that I want you to do to keep your integrity. Number one is this. The way that you maintain or become a person of integrity is by keeping your promises. This is what we call verbal integrity. Like, listen to what Proverbs twenty-five, fourteen says. A person who promises a gift but does not give it is like clouds and wind that bring no rain. I wish I could write stuff like that. That just sounds cool. A person who promises a gift but does not give it is like clouds and wind that bring no rain. One of the greatest things that you can do is just, just consistently keep your promises. When you say you'll be somewhere, you'll be there. When you say that you'll do something for somebody, you do it. You maintain and keep your promises. So the question that you would have to wrestle with today is this, is, a, is there any promises that I've made that I have not kept? Are there promises to my spouse that I've made? Promises to my kids? Promises to God. Is there any promises that I've made that I have not kept? Number two is this. It's paying your bills. Yep, nobody amen there. I gave a pause just in case. I thought maybe, probably not. Listen to this. Psalms 37, 21. The wicked borrow and do not repay. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. There is absolutely something about paying your bills. It is called financial integrity. That if I owe, it is the right thing to do to go and pay my debts. Listen to this. Romans 13 verse 6. Y'all are going to love this and there's going to be a ton of amens after this one. Listen to this. This is also why you pay your taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay your taxes. If you owe revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. And then if honor, then honor. Yeah, yeah there you go. Todd, this is not a fun sermon. I know. I don't want to hear this either. I'm the one that's got to study this stuff and think about it and pray about it and meditate on it and then get up and tell you. This is just as hard for me as it is for you. But there's something powerful to your financial integrity, your ability to pay your bills, to pay your debts, to pay down what you owe. And yes, even pay your taxes. Here's another one. This is how you become a person of integrity, by refusing to gossip. We would call this relational integrity. Gossip. Listen to what Proverbs eleven thirteen 13 says. The gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. As a matter of fact, there's a ton of verses on gossip. Here's another one, Proverbs 10, 18. A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. See, here's the deal. In life, you're going to have people who confide in you. And if you're going to have relational integrity, you need to know how to keep a secret. You need to know how to keep things to yourself and not go share and bab and and and. and you don't want to be a part of the water cooler talk, the 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 scuttlebutt. You, again, it just because here's what we know about gossip. As soon as somebody gossips about you, how do you feel about that person? Man, you're destroyed. You you you've broken trust. You don't want to talk to them anymore. You're angry. You might be infuriated with this person. And so whenever somebody gossips about you, it it drives you crazy. Here's the other thing you need to recognize. Listening to gossip is basically the same thing as giving gossip. So as soon as somebody begins to engage in gossip, even if you don't share what you know and you're just listening, you're partaking. It's called supply and demand. You are a part of the listening process because if somebody starts gossiping, you say, hey, look, you know what? I'd rather not know. I don't I don't need to know their details. It's okay. That's between you and them or that's between them and God. That, that's okay. It again, it just shuts down the supply and the demand. Here's the other thing with gossip. Last observation. This is the thing that I really noticed is that I would get around people who would gossip and what would really stir in my heart or in my head would be this. I wonder what they say about me when I'm not around. So even the person, if they're not gossiping about me, I'm sitting there thinking, gosh, I can't share anything with this person. And how much do they badmouth me when I'm not around? And so just be incredibly careful that you maintain relational integrity by not gossiping. Number four is this, by giving faithfully. This is what we would call spiritual integrity. There, there, there are things that God has asked of us as Christ followers, and one of them is generosity. One of them is faithful and consistent giving. Now, again, if you're new to Christianity, just keep walking with God. But for any of these that walk with God for any length of time, you know this: that God said, no, 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 if you're going to walk with me, I want you to cultivate a generous heart. I want you to be a faithful and consistent giver. And the, the people of Israel knew this, and, the, and Malachi, the prophet, challenged the heck out of them. Look at what Malachi says to these, these godly people. Who are living ungodly. He goes, will a man or will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But then you ask, well, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse. Now, again, that doesn't mean like a, a witch's curse. That just means that you're underneath, um, you're underneath consequences. Your whole nation, because you are robbing me. This is what you need to do. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the the floodgates of heaven and pour out on you so much blessing, there will not be room enough to store it. So again, what God has called us to do is to generate and cultivate A generous heart. We should be faithful with tithes and offerings. So when we we say, hey, look, I'm going to be a percentage giver. I'm going to be a tither. I'm going to pledge this. Then we want to maintain spiritual integrity. Number five is this. Number five, by doing my best at work, we would call this business integrity. This is one of the things that I think Christians could just so nail in the workplace. Can you imagine if every person who named the name of Christ went into their workplace tomorrow morning and just did it with the utmost of excellence and integrity and diligence and hard work? This is where you shine the brightest. Listen to what Colossians 3 says. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So again, one of the greatest things that you can ever do is go to work and be a man or woman of incredible integrity. There's this cool story I read recently about Bill Lear, who was the uh, founder of Lear Jets and the designer and the architect behind Lear Jets. And back in the 1960s, when he designed that first Lear Jet, they were mostly private planes. And what happened was is that shortly after all these planes had been sold and gotten up in the air, there was two of them that had mysterious crashes, and so. Bill Lear was a little bit disturbed. He started looking into it. And what he discovered was that there was a potential problem and he wasn't sure, but it, it could lead to further crashes. So he literally contacted, I think there were 55 planes in the air, and he contacted all of them. And he said, I need you to ground the plane. Shut it down. And the problem that he thought existed, he wasn't sure, and the only way that he could be sure is if he actually took a plane up in the air and tested it in flight to see if that truly was the problem. And so he did. He took his own plane up, and sure enough, he tried to reenact what exactly had happened with these two other plane crashes, and sure enough, it was what he thought it was, and he almost died in his own plane crash, but he knew it. He was prepared, and so he ends up getting the plane down, fixing it. They create a part, send it to all the people. He lost millions and millions and millions of dollars. That's what we would call business integrity, though. It would say this, that this is my work and I want to stand behind it. This is my word and I want to stand behind it. And I want to do what's right simply because it's the right thing, even if it cost me. Incredible business integrity. Last one is this, by being authentic with others. There's just something we call this interpersonal integrity. By being authentic with others. There is something about just being around people who are genuine. Being around people who have that authenticity about them, they just make you feel like, no, this is a person I can trust. This is a person I can believe in. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 4 says this, and this is the message just because it says it's so interesting. This is the apostle Paul talking to a church, and he's talking about his unmixed motivation. He says, we refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes, and we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and we say out in the open. You know what Paul was saying? I don't got mixed motivated. I'm not here to make money. I'm not trying to pull a scam on you. I'm not trying to pull a fast one on you. What you see is what you get. I am not wearing any mask, and this is the life of integrity. This is a life that God blesses, that God honors. This is a life that creates incredible success in this world. And this is a life that somehow and in some unique way creates lasting happiness. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. Because as you examine your own life and you examine your own heart, you know this. That whenever you've lied or gossiped or hurt somebody or done the wrong thing, one of the ways that it steals your happiness is man, you just have this internal conflict. You have this internal wrestling match with yourself where you just feel uneasy. You know that when you lay your head on your pillow, you haven't done what was right and you're wrestling with it now. And it robs you of your joy. It gives you a certain level of of anxiety even. Why? Because I just, I didn't honor the Lord. I wasn't faithful here. I didn't keep my promise. I didn't do the right thing at work. Where you really lose your happiness is it's internally. Hey, if you're a Christ follower, it's funny how this happens. If you're a Christ follower, sometimes you'll go back to a sin that you used to do. That you think, man, back when I was young, before I knew Jesus, this was so fun. And then all of a sudden, as a Christ follower, you try to go back to that. And it's like Jesus takes all the fun out of sinning. Because there's this internal struggle. There's this wrestle. You know that that is not who you are. Not anymore. You're a child of God. You're a Christ follower. And the internal struggle is the Holy Spirit drawing you back of convicting and convincing you and pulling you back towards who you really are. Living a life of integrity means you moving and moving closer and closer to discovering, no, I am a child of God. Last scripture, Psalms 119 9 says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? Let me give you the solution. The greatest way for you to live a life of integrity is to simply follow God's word. So let's pray this morning. Holy Spirit, is there something in me that's not whole, that's not aligned? Is there something in me that, that's not right, God? God, is there an area where I have broken my integrity? And maybe it's breaking down my relationships. Maybe it's breaking down Something in my family, maybe it's breaking down. Something in my future success, God. Is there an area in my life, God, would you please reveal? Would you please show? And God, give me the strength to go realign, to go discover who I am. Lord, help me to become a person of integrity. Lord, that is my prayer today. In Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap this morning. Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at mbchurch.tv.